0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, Undying Light listeners. Welcome to another brand new episode. I am your host, Pastor Alex, and we are back at it once again in our little series called The Least of These. Uh, again, it's just a um, walking through scripture and a uh, in some cases a very detailed analysis of particular texts, and in other cases it's kind of a high-level oversight. Uh, As the last few weeks, we've kind of worked through the wisdom books. Um, Some are used often and some are not. And many passages in those may be used and others may not be. So I wanted to just kind of cover them in general. Uh, You know, two weeks on each one. And I didn't want to go too far into depth. Um, You know, with the Psalms, there can be so much to do with these particular writings. And and that's what we're going to look at today. You know, there's 150 different Psalms. Uh, we're not going to cover all of them, obviously, but I want to cover just the basic stuff. And then next week, we will kind of look at uh, uh, an overview. And in that overview, we'll, we'll kind of talk a little bit about the different types of psalms that there are. And we will uh, bring forward you know an example of, of each of those types. This week is simply an introductory to the Book of Psalms. So we're going to kind of look at some of the... Uh, you know, understanding behind it and how that correlates to uh, you know the reader and what should they expect when reading said book. So we have that on tap for today. Uh, then Tuesday we will be back with uh, our journey through Augsburg. We will continue to work through our. Uh, commentary series, but I think we're shifting gears just a little bit um, and not going to hit commentary specifically. We're going to look at uh, uh, the formula of Concord. And so we're going to hit some of those articles in that group of uh, text, and then we'll help to explain certain things. Uh, For the patrons, they have been getting an early uh, taste of the Uh, sacramental portion of the Lutheran series and uh, there's been four episodes recorded thus far on baptism and again we're not quite done working through it nor will I think we ever be fully able to exhaust the mystery but we will certainly do our best at explaining the very basics that we can so we have uh, that coming uh, down the road Uh, You'll have the uh, sacramental series that will be multiple episodes over baptism. As I've said, there's already four and we haven't even touched the Augsburg Confession yet. And then we're going to shift gears and spend a few weeks looking at the Lord's Supper. I don't know how in depth we'll get into the Lord's Supper, but we will cover uh, some of Luther's most more pointed views and we'll see how he differs from Mike Zwingli and we'll look at uh, his large and sm- Luther's large and small catechism, and we'll kind of, uh, you know, go from there. So I have it in my mind, uh, how I want it to go. I hope it goes that way when we're done. Well, uh, we'll see. Um, but that's coming, you know, down the road as this will actually air. Um, let me see if I can grab a calendar really quick. I don't even know. It's uh, March 20th as I record this episode. So this actually won't air until the 25th. Of March, And we still have a couple more uh, weeks, I think, in Augsburg. I think we might be able to take that all the way through April. Um, So there's that uh, possibility that the sacramental series may not air until May. Depending on how much of the formula I worked through, and uh, we still have Luther's large and small catechism to go through, but we're not going to look at the uh, sacraments from those. We're going to look at the Apostles' Creed, the Lord's Prayer, and the Ten Commandments. Uh, that's the primary makeup of the small catechism. And then the large, we'll dig into some of that commentary a little bit deeper. So that's kind of uh, you know the outline of the show. I have some guests that I'm working on getting uh, set up for after Easter. So we're <coughs> working on getting some guests after Easter. And uh, I've got one already slated. I just need to hammer out a particular time. Uh, one, I'm kind of waiting for some other events before I reach back out to them. And uh, then I've got some talks with others. So we're gonna you know get some guests on the show to kind of help keep the ship in the right direction on Lutheran theology and uh, so I'm very excited for what's coming up in the coming months on Undying Light. A lot happening and as of course, you'll get early exclusive access to all of this. Plus all the behind the scenes commentaries, all the extra stuff I do for my patrons. If you join us on Patreon. Uh, you can go there. I'm working with Acast. Uh, this is the host who, uh, the platform who hosts my podcast. And, uh, I don't know if we're going to stay there. Um, I think I mentioned it. Oh, so yeah. So I mentioned it last night in the episode I recorded, which is a, one of the baptismal episodes. And, and by the time that'll actually air, uh, all of these issues should, should be resolved, but I'm having some interesting conflicts with my provider, and uh, they offer a means of subscription, and uh, y- you know you'd, you'd be able to pay a, a small fee a month, and and you get access to the shows and exclusive channels and and things like that. And I was you know really sold out on that. I thought that was a wonderful idea. But now they're, like, preventing me from logging in and telling me my access doesn't work. And I'm like, uh, okay. So I'm kind of going back and forth with these guys, and it's kind of frustrating, honestly. So there's a good possibility I might be switching podcast hosts in the coming uh, weeks. And if that's the case, I pray that we don't have a disruption in the show, but we will do everything in our power to continue to produce episodes and have uh, all prior episodes available. So that is the goal and that's why i don't like moving hosts because we have over 200 episodes here and it would take a long time to migrate that data over uh there's yeah, i mean maybe there's a couple couple gigs worth maybe a couple hundred uh you know most episodes are about an hour long and they're uh they're maybe half a gig each so there's probably 100 gigs worth of data out there give or take uh you know we're, we're well over 200 episodes now I think this is episode two, two twelve or two thirteen. I don't know. I got to look at how I queue it up. So I mean, we're 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 trudging through. You know, we're gonna break three hundred. Uh, I think before uh, the end of the year, and well, maybe not quite. It might be early next year because, you know, we're already halfway through March as we record this episode, and I'm just babbling on now as I'm kind of thinking about stuff in my head. So, anywho's that's. Just, you know, up-and-coming stuff that i currently working through. But I hope all of the audio issues by now have been resolved. Last night's episode came out very clean. Very happy with that. And today's episode looks thus far to be on the same bath. So very, very happy with the uh, work I've put into changing it. And I think send a thank you to all of those who um, provided uh, their input and insights and advice uh, in this long journey it seems like it took us quite a bit of time to go from the USB mic uh, to you know this upgraded I forget the name of it uh, the upgraded mic and um, and interface and so I'm very happy with this and uh, I'm hoping that uh, this will carry me on until the end of the show Uh <laughs> You know, however long we are around for. If it was up to me, I'd I'd take the show on through the end of my ministry. I would absolutely be blessed to be a part of your lives that long. So I'm just gonna continue hammering out episodes. If you would like to share those with your family, friends, co workers, church, whatever, please share them out and get the word of God out to the world. That would be splendid. If you are a subscriber to the podcast, please make sure you rate and review us. That helps get our show pushed to the top rankings and we can uh, get more traction and more uh, progress there. Because the biggest goal in the show is, uh, you know, to take scripture and make it understandable for the listener. There's complexity to scripture. Yes. There's complexity to doctrine. Yes. Uh, And each book has its own unique complexity to it. And so what I try to do is take that and, ex, you know, break it down and explain it to you in a manner that you can uh, look at it and say, oh, that makes sense now and go on with your day. And that's one of the big things with these wisdom books that we've been looking at. They're quite complex. There's a lot happening here. And uh, that's no different here in the book of Psalms. There's a plethora of different types of Psalms and and they range and date for many centuries, uh, and, and the authors are diverse as well, as as diverse as the centuries it uh, these writings were compiled. Interestingly enough, there's some argument that would pit a few of the Psalms uh, in the time of Moses, that Moses wrote them. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about that too when we get into uh, some of the overall structure and timing, but whether we do that on this week's episode or next week, we'll get there. But most of people are probably familiar with King David being the author. Uh, We have uh, Assoff, the sons of Korah, and others as we will talk as authors. And and if you hear my daughter in the background there, she's hanging out with me again in the studio. So family business, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as a pastor, that's what I love. My kids to be able to sit around and and listen to me babble on. I actually recorded an episode uh last week when my wife was at work. I had my son in my arms and he was totally zonked out uh by the end of the episode. So I'm you know, I've got that smooth jazz voice that you all love to make fun of. But man, it knocked my child out like it was hysterical. I looked down, his mouth's gaping open and he's kinda like baby snoring. It was really cute. So So anyways uh, the book of Psalms, uh, again, span multiple centuries from the 11th century down to the sixth century BC. So almost, uh, six centuries, essentially five centuries of writing, give or take. Um, and, and so they expand quite a distance of time. Uh, and we have, uh, multiple authors as well, uh, that will accompany us on this journey. So that, uh, takes care of our author again we'll look at that a little bit deeper as we get into the uh, the more in-depth breakdown of the book our places chiefly Jerusalem and our people King David the nation of Israel the righteous and we do see some talk about the wicked and things like that as well throughout this uh, through these poems we, we should also understand too. this is poetry uh, very much like Proverbs where Proverbs was you know uh, you can say life advice. Uh, Psalms is a book of poetry. Uh, it's not a book of promises, but it does correlate to the workings and actions of God. And you, we can cultivate some of the promises out of the book of Psalms. So I wouldn't, I, you know, I, I made the hard point on the Proverbs episode that Proverbs is not a book of law, but it's also not a book of promise. The Psalms, Uh, has kind of a mix of everything it's not necessarily a book of law and it's not necessarily a book of promise but there's a mix of everything Uh, and and it's quite diverse in in the in its breakdown so the purpose uh, is to express The hope in the Lord for salvation using prayers and praises spoken by God's people at the tabernacle and temple or by individuals. You know, the interesting thing, too, uh, with the Psalms is there's kind of this interesting uh, divide, if you would, in the church uh, where it comes down to should you uh, only sing Psalms or can you sing the hymns and Psalms or uh, can you sing contemporary music? So there's this big divide going on in the church, and there's some that are, you know, very uh, pointed and legalistic in the, fra- in the f- frame that they can- will not sing anything other than the Psalms. Uh, some are a little bit more loose in their uh, musical interpretation, their musical worship, and they will sing the hymns of the church. And then there's those who uh, want the contemporary, uh, up-to-date, uh, cheesy, in my opinion, uh, music. And, uh, I, I, I'm just not a fan of modern Christian worship music. I think it's, uh, most of it, most of it is utter trash and, uh, you can send your hate mail to me. I don't really care. Uh, it's, and I hope if you're listening to this episode, you would know, uh, and agree with me that the modern church is quite distorted in its reverence of God. It really, uh, has taken the influence of, uh, the deity And the, and the sovereign nature of God and essentially just made it nothing. So that's, uh, that's my rant on music. Uh, and speaking of music, um, Anthony and I speak gospel truth are going to record another matter of truth here soon. And we were discussing topics. And I think the one we settled on is to talk about Stephen Furtick's son, um, and his rap song. And we're not going to respond to the rap song. We're going to respond to the individuals uh, supporting Stephen Furtick and his son in this. And so we're going to see, are these biblical uh, pillars of support for Stephen Furtick's son? Uh, I think his name's Elijah. So uh, that's coming up. I, I hope we can get it recorded soon. We've been trying to get it all weekend, and we have both have kind of missed each other. So... So as we dig into this, again, uh, with any book, we have law themes and gospel themes. Uh, Law is always going to be a means of putting uh, requirements upon a person, the weight of do this, do that type movement. Um, So the persecutors assail God's people, suffering brought by personal failures and waiting for God's deliverance and exile in Babylon. And of course, no book would be, excuse me, no book would be complete without a gospel theme. And that's the Lord saving righteousness and steadfast love is demonstrated throughout the Psalms. The Lord provides for and protects his people. We'll actually get prophecies of the Messiah throughout the Psalms. And Jesus, God's gift of life through the word. And before we continue on, I do want to apologize. Uh, I should have done this earlier. I am kind of dealing again with allergies. And so I've got like congestion again. And it's just... It's wearing me down and uh so it might make my voice sound a little raspy, but I try to you know uh, keep clearing my throat and things like that and uh so please forgive me um, should have said that at the top of the show, but anyway all right, so we've got some memory verses these are always interesting and fun. We have the shepherd psalm that's psalm twenty three this is one that's often done at funerals uh we have sincere repentance psalm fifty seven seven through twelve. Uh, The Lord reigns, Psalm 110, the Psalm of the word, 119, 105 to 107, uh, and the mission, Psalm 145, 4 through 13. 119, 105 is the quote that we put on the back of the Undying Light shirts. So if you're interested in buying an Undying Light shirt, you can do so. link's in my bio on Instagram. I don't generally tout about it too much, but uh, I have one of their sweatshirts. I love it. It is a great quality and uh, it's very comfortable. It's you know nice, perfectly fitting for me. And uh, I, I'm gonna add, probably actually get a shirt now for this summer wear. So we put one uh, Psalm 119, 105 on on the back of that. so go and check out that psalm and, and build that to your memory bank. So in reading this, this the, kind of always a nice little uh, breakdown. Uh, before we get into the book and this is what this little text says, it says the shepherd's weathered hand gently worked the strings of the harp. He created a sequence of harmonious tones that ascended and descended the rolling Judean Hills. Poetry filled from his flowed from his lips, like a metal spring recounting the day's experiences and offering heaven word. Thanks. The shepherd boy, David learned to play and sing just In just such a setting, while watching his father's flocks of sheep or goats, the Lord made David a warrior poet and a prophet who united the tribes of Israel as a a harmonious kingdom. His collection of songs accompanied by the harp is the basis of the psalmster, one of the most beloved books in all of the Holy Bible. And with all of these, uh, we have Luther's preference on the Uh, Each of the books, but we're not going to dig too deep into it. We're just going to read a few of these paragraphs. Uh, And I think, you know, he really nails it quite well. Uh, And it would probably pay you to maybe grab this. Uh, You can get his preface to all of the books of the Bible. I think I paid like five bucks for my copy. So uh, it'll take you through his writings on how he kind of uh, read and interpreted each of the books. Here's Luther on the Psalms. He says, many of the Holy Fathers prized and praised the psalmster above all other books of scripture to be sure the work itself gives praise enough to its author. Nevertheless, we must give evidence of our own praise and thanks over the years, a a great many legends of saints, both books of examples and his histories have circulated and the psalmster has been neglected. It has lain in such obscurity that not one Psalm was rightly understood. Still, it gave off such a fine and uh, precious fragrance that all pious hearts felt the devotion and power in the unknown words for this reason, uh, for this reason, loved the book. I told, however, that no finer book of examples or the legends of the saints has ever come or can come to the earth than the psalmster. If one were to wish that from all the examples legends and histories the best should be collected and brought together and put in the best form the result would have been the present solster. for here we find not only that one or two saints have done but what has done uh, what he has done who is the very head of all saints we also find that all saints still do such as the attitude they take toward god toward friends and enemies and the way they conduct themselves amid all dangers and sufferings beyond that, there are contained here all sorts of divine and wholesome teachings and commandments. And he goes on uh, for quite a while here, uh, describing his love for this book. And rightly so. He even wrote a book, um, that's titled, uh, reading through, uh, it's Luther reading through the Psalms. So he's got this book and, Interestingly enough, I'm using it to uh, do a weekly devotion for my church on our Facebook. And so I read a psalm each Wednesday and it goes through and talks about, uh, you know, kind of gives a little opening commentary on the psalm. Then he reads the psalm. Then he has a prayer at the end. And I think that's a beautiful way to guide people through this book, uh, talking just very basically what the psalm is about. And then he gives the psalm in question and then he praise a little bit at the end. And so I think that's a, a, a very beautiful way to work through the Psalms. And again, e- each person has their own manner of, uh, taking on all 150, whether they read it, uh, in their, you know, yearly Bible reading, or they read it in, in uh, you know, divisions over a course of time, they read so many Psalms this month, so many next month, you know, everybody has a little bit of a different niche, but I do think that uh, you know reading these and and kind of dwelling on them and resting on them helps comfort the Christian because there's a lot of lament in the Psalms, and it's a lot of David's struggles in the Psalms. and we see a lot of God's promise coming to those who experience such persecution or suffering in the Psalms. So we have uh, all of these names uh, associated with the Psalms. We have nearly two thirds of the Psalms have names, the old Testament figures associated with them. However, scholars cannot always tell whether they were written by these persons or for these persons or about these persons. Uh, we have a nice little chart here that breaks down some stuff. Uh, we have Moses, um, the associated Psalm is Psalm 90. It says a prayer of Moses, the man of God. Uh, and the contribution is Moses led or provided for leadership and worship at the beginning of Israel's independence, Exodus 15. Then we have David, who is uh, basically one of the most profound writers in uh, the book of Psalms. So beyond David we have Ethan, uh, which is attributed to one psalm, Haman, one psalm, Asaph, or Asaph, a couple psalms, the sons of Korah, Uh, A handful, Uh, Solomon wrote two Psalms, Uh, Ethan, again, another Psalm, and then Anonymous, which wrote uh, another majority of books. But it's interesting here with David. Uh, He appointed 4,000 singers and musicians for the tabernacle, and about half of all the Psalms are attributed to David. So he uh, pours out a lot into this book, and I think it's uh, very helpful for, uh, you know, for us to understand. Now I do want to just briefly talk a little bit about this on this episode. We might, uh, revisit it, uh, next week when we look at the outline. Um, but there's the, there's the type of Psalms and I want to just go over, uh, some of them here real quick for you. The entire Psalmster may be treated in a fivefold fashion. That is, we may divide it into five groups. First, some Psalms, or prophecy, they speak, for example, of Christ and the church or what will happen to the saints. This class includes all of the psalms that contain promises and warnings, promises for godly and warnings for the ungodly. Second, there are psalms of instruction, which teach us that we should do and what we should avoid in accordance to the law of God. This class includes all of the psalms that condemn human doctrines and praise the word of God. Third there are psalms of comfort which strengthen and comfort the saints in the troubles and sorrows but rebuke and terrify the tyrants. This class includes all the psalms that comfort, exhort, stimulate endurance and or rebuke the tyrants. Fourth this, there are psalms of prayer in which we call on God praying in all kinds of distress. To this class belong all the psalms that lament or mourn or cry out against our foes. Fifth are the Psalms of Thanks, in which God is praised and glorified for all his blessings and help. This class includes the Psalms that praise God for his works. These are the Psalms of the first rank, and, they're, and for their sake, the Psalter was created. Therefore, it is called the Hebrew, uh, I'm going to butcher this word, Sefer uh, Tehillim, I don't know, I, again, I'm not, I can't read Hebrew. <laughs> that is a book of praise or a book of thanksgiving. And we've, you know, we got all sorts of different names for, uh, for different Psalms that, uh, the Hebrew authors have uh, given to this book. So without actually going through all of these, um, one that might be familiar to the, uh, some of you is the Ms. Uh, this is a Psalm. That's often made in the uh, strings of a harp. The sound refers to the strings of the harp. Uh, and then there's song of love, song of uh, ascents, song of praise. There's prayer. Uh, there's a few that just don't have known meanings, uh, which include a couple psalms. And then skilled or artistic piece, uh, which is attributed to some. And so you'll see that like when you read through these, you'll see like a song of... David or uh, you know like here in Psalm 3 it's a Psalm of David when he fled from Absalom his son Uh, Psalm 4 is to the choir master with stringed instruments and so you'll see that heading all throughout the book uh, as it covers uh, various types of uh, the Psalms now Again, there's a lot of words and definitions that can be handled here, uh, key terms and phrases in the book of Psalms and uh, I would I would always again, with every turn, with every show, I always recommend getting a study Bible, getting a you know commentary set on whatever book we're doing because that will help you to understand this book in more in-depth means. And I would also recommend having maybe two or three, uh, study Bibles, because then you can get different, uh, interpretations and understandings. Uh, I, for one, primarily not exclusively, but primarily use the Lutheran study Bible. I also have, um, the ESV study Bible, the Reformation study Bible, um, the MacArthur study Bible. And then I have a couple others in my Logos library that I use. But I also, like I said, I I, I just always recommend having something like that when you're getting ready to dig into a book. Don't just jump in blindly without, you know, first putting a foundation down. You don't just build a house without laying the foundation. So reading the Psalms, there's always challenges with every book, and the Psalms are no different. So one of the biggest things uh, that many people struggle is with organization. The authors' dates and circumstances for a number of the psalms are not clear. These lapse in our knowledge can make it difficult uh, to understand certain passages. Though the psalms should be thought of as a single book, attempts by scholars to provide comprehensive explanation for their arrangement, and relations, uh, relationships have not been fully convincing. Psalms can appear in groups uh, based on a certain uh, specific type or author, But deeper connections do not always seem to come through. Some commentaries uh, have noted that different parts of the psalms tend to use different names for God, Yahweh or Elohim, uh, but they cannot in a satisfying way explain why. Another challenge is the poetic format. Psalms at times express themselves in different ways and various notes hint at their musical format and use. Another challenge is violence. The most difficult psalms are the imprecatory psalms which express surprising anger and violence. And the superscriptions of the Hebrew text uh, have uh, and the uh, Septuagint have different or significant differences in their superscriptions. For example, in the uh, highlight that the Septuagint attributes 13 more psalms to David than does the Hebrew. Scholars had assumed that the superscriptions were written late during the Maccabean era. Uh, But recent studies have suggested that these superscriptions are as old as the Psalms. They describe. the superscriptions were certainly ancient by the time the Psalms were translated into Greek. Since the translators clearly did not understand many of the poetic and musical terms, 13 Psalms contain historical information describing events in David's life. Uh, And we will talk a little bit about uh, that. So when we get to the outline, we're gonna, you know, it's only broken down. There's five books, uh, in in that kind of make up the Psalms, and so we're gonna look at those books and, and how they break down. But we're more importantly gonna go back to those different types of Psalms, and we're gonna read uh, some of those as examples. I, I I think that would probably I hope suffice for, uh, this you know this kind of episode. Again, 150 Psalms, we could read through them all. But I think we'll just hit some of the heavy ones next week and really uh, try to articulate that. So with everything, there's always a blessing to be uh, had with any book. So the Israelites use two different names for the Psalms as a collection of the holy writings. Uh, These are the chief uses of the Psalms in all ages. And as described by Luther, the Psalms have a way of connecting with the daily concerns of our lives and guiding us in heartfelt prayer and worship. For these reasons, they remain the most devotional portion of the Psalms, or scripture for that matter, and the inspiration of hymnals and prayer books. The third important use for the Psalms is instruction. They teach so much about the blessings and challenges of walking in the Lord's ways. They consistently point forward to the appearance of Jesus as our salvation. And New Testament interpreters saw the life and works in the words of David as he foretells and foretastes the prophecies of the son of David, the Messiah. Christological Psalms include 2 22, 41, 45, 69, and 110. So I think we're going to go ahead and uh, pause here. We will take a look at uh, some other, um, you know, kind of construct to reading uh, the book of Psalms. We're going to, again, look at different types of uh, categories that the Psalms fall into, and we'll read a few of those in hopes that it will help articulate uh, some of these Psalms. And, uh, and and if we have time, depending, we can uh, I can give you a little bit of a a graph if you would on uh, reading some of these because they have uh, some wonderful little uh, readings to set up. You know, as a, kind of like a calendar in order to ensure that you read through all the Psalms. So. That's going to wrap this week's episode, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tuning in. Uh again, we will spend next week finishing with the Psalms, then we will move on. Um I don't know if we're going to do Lamentations next or if we're just going to go right into Jonah. I haven't quite decided yet. Um maybe we'll just do Lamentations as one episode. Um and I and I and then we'll go into Jonah. I think that's kind of what we'll end up doing. So Uh, Because we've done Job We've done the Psalms Now we're working on it We've done Proverbs We've done Ecclesiastes We've done the Song of Solomon So really the only book And it's not even classified as wisdom literature uh, With Lamentations But we'll dig into that So that's that ladies and gentlemen Thanks for uh, tuning in I hope you guys have a great week God bless We'll see you back on Tuesday With a brand new episode